Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. A lot of people feel uh, like uh, weird and awkward when we speak about finances and money in the church. Every time uh, the subject of generosity, faithfulness, money comes up in the church, uh, they don't understand and they don't, they did not learn to give joyfully. And every time, even though they give, they give groaning and murmuring, saying, ah, I don't think this is the best way uh, to, this is the best subject to bring it up in the church. But we have to be honest, uh, money touches every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our lives. And and somehow, uh, uh, money represents a portion of our life that we spend, that we exchange uh, uh, in turn of our labor, in turn of our work. So definitely speaking about finances, it speaks of your spirituality as well. Because it speaks of what you spend your time during the week. So I want today as we close this series... Show you that whatever you have, you have because you had received. You had received from the treasure of heaven. This is the theme of my message. I titled this message, Treasure of Heaven. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Open the eyes of our hearts to see the light of the gospel. How surpassing, overflowing, abounding, uh, multiplying favor we had received. Father, I pray that your church, Vine Church, Southwest Florida, can have this new perspective of all the favor we had received. That is so abounding, so overflowing, God, that we can freely give because you have endless resources upon our lives. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, the whole church said, Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. This is what the Apostle Paul said. The point is this. Isn't that a good way to start a conversation? The point is this. Like, let's not uh, beat around the bush. Let me go straight forward to the subject. Now, let me clarify this in a historical context. Apostle Paul, besides being the apostle of the Gentiles, in other words, the non-Jew people, he was delegated, the representative, to bring the finances support for the persecuted Jews in Judea, the Christians in this city called Jerusalem. And Every time he was writing a letter to one of his planted churches, he wanted to explain the privilege that church had to contribute for other brothers, for the edification and the building up of God's kingdom in specific areas. And he writes, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. So pay attention on me here. 
We, we do not charge you, obligate you. I'm not going to choke you and say you have to give. No, no, no. You must give. But give it as you, has, as you have decided in your heart. Okay? This is not something that the church, the leaders uh, uh, obligate and push over the members of Vine Church. You're not going to be mistreated, under uh, cared here in our church because maybe you do not give. Because this is a personal, intimate decision of your heart. But one thing is a fact. You must give. In other words, you don't need to give everything. But definitely have to give something. Are you guys with me? Say amen there. It's because if I just say this and you don't say anything, now I'm feeling awkward. Because that's very clear. We must give. But give what you have decided in your heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, I'm just reinforcing the same thing. Not under compulsion. No one, no one wants to force you at anything. For God loves a cheerful giver. I love to a cheerful giver. I really, it's really weird and uh, again awkward. It, it creates that uh, tense uh, atmosphere when I notice people, you know, uh, giving uh, reluctantly and forcefully and not cheerfully. And sometimes they come to explain me because I'm the pastor, because I'm preaching, because we have this big project, this legacy project, and people want to, you know, give arguments and excuses. Look, don't, don't do that to me. This, is not, this money doesn't come to me. I have nothing to do with this business. This is the Lord that placed that in your heart. So don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times... You may abound in every good work. As it is written, he makes a quotation of Isaiah. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. So notice that the promise of receiving seed is if you see yourself as a sower. God, we're not going to supply a seed to a bunch of birds that eats the seed. God gives the seed to the sower. How many sowers we have in this house? Come on, somebody. So you're going to have bountifully overflowing measure of seeds because you're a sower. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So again, I love Paul. He, he, he's not like us. He's not political correct. He's not diplomatic about this subject. He started the conversation. The point is this. God wants to enrich you God wants you to have more so you can give more. People that struggles with their finances, they won't be able to give because they don't have even for themselves. It, it, this is just a, a reasonable, obvious conclusion. But God 
will enrich you. God will abound, overflow upon you seeds, so in every way we may be generous, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. What a privilege. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. So what caught my attention in this text is this hyperbole words that Paul uses here. Multiply, abound, overflow, surpassing. Did you guys notice this? It's always like uh, overflowing, spilling out. You cannot contain the amount of blessings that the Lord decided to give you. And I know some of you guys are begging, but the Father is looking to you and saying, What do you mean? I have much more you could ever imagine, think, or ask. That's the portion I have for you as my child. Pastor, but my reality... It doesn't seem this to be true. Your reality is not the final truth. And maybe it's just because you are missing the key of the treasure of the treasury of God. Maybe you are missing the key of the treasury of God. Let me read this text to you guys. Treasury. Treasury is that place where we save the riches. Treasury is that place that you access to get the resources. Okay? So you need the right key. Let's go to this text. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 12. That says, The Lord will open to you His good treasury. Remember that, that storehouse, that safe uh, uh, bank. God will open His good treasury. Now what it is, I need someone working with this. Is it my wife? I don't think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just put in the silence, please. Yeah. So, now what is God's good treasury? Now, pay attention on me. The heavens. Look, the text is it's almost like colon. You can put it over there. God will open to you His good treasury. What is the good treasury? The heavens. All right. So, what in heaven do I have? You have everything you need. To give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations. But you shall not borrow. The heavens is God's treasury. And that's the key for us. To have abounding, overflowing resources. So we can be also instruments of blessings and supplying the needs. That's pretty awesome. If we have that treasury open for us, whatever is the need, there is a supply. Now, I know some Bible students in this house are wondering, Pastor, is that a good verse to use now that we are in the new covenant, you're speaking on Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is a chapter that speaks for those that fully obeyed the law, that fully obeyed the commandments. All right. So before we go further here, I need to remind you that we in the new covenant, we have fulfilled the whole law. 
Let me prove that to you. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. And I pray that you appropriate that by faith. Look what the, what the word says. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. How many believers do we have in this house? If you are a believer, the law is completely fulfilled in your life. Hard to believe. I know it's hard to believe. But it is true. Don't skip Romans chapter 8 verse 3 that says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Let me hear good praise to Jesus Christ in this place. Because the, all the commandments was fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the to the Spirit. In other words, those that walk by faith, not by sight, not by feeling, not by self-condemnation. You don't judge yourself under your own uh, prune or rule. You are righteous by faith. Therefore, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12, and now you can have faith to appropriate again, belongs to you. The Lord will open to you His good treasury. The heavens. Let me hear a good amen again. And in this treasury, in this resourceful place, He will give the rain in your land, in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, and you shall not, you shall not borrow. All right, some elements here of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Number one, heaven is our resource. We said that already. But there's the second aspect, is that we're going to receive rain in due season. Now, what that means, it speaks of God watering, of God fertilizing, nurturing. I like the word enabling your seeds. Now, I know there are people that make investments. They sow seeds. They plant with expectation. But nothing better than to have God himself watering your harvest, watering in your vestments, fertilizing, enabling your seed. I personally experienced that. I know that without the grace of God and his mighty, favorable hand upon my investments, I would never be where I am in my personal finances. Now, Isaiah chapter 55, he speaks also about this treasure. Look what it says. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, make it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You guys remember, Paul quoted that in 2 Corinthians. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I send it. So the rain that we receive in Deuteronomy also not only speaks of God's favorable hand, but also speaks of His word upon our lives. 
Now I know that prosperity comes for those that have a promise of God. Those that, that cherish the word of God. Those that when receive the word of faith, they get hold of it. They, they sustain that with faith. And I'm speaking the word of God today. Today the Lord is raining upon us. In this series, the Lord is raining his word of promises. That you will harvest what you were expecting 10 years in one year. What you were expecting in one year, in one month. Expediting. God is speeding up things. Accelerating things. But you have to get this word and believe it. Because that is the rain of God. The watering of God. The third aspect of Deuteronomy is that we shall land and not borrow. Now, first, let me demystify some of the misconceptions here. Is that borrowing money is not seen. If that was the case, lending money will be compliance. You'll be participating of a sinful behavior. So, it doesn't make any sense to say that borrowing money is sinful. But it is not for you and I. Borrowing money is not a problem, but better is to land. When I speak about land is instead of using all your credit from your credit card company, you actually lend money to the bank, putting your money in funds, in stocks, in order that you now is a source and you harvest the profit, the dividends of what you have lent. Say amen. amen. That's, the, that's the will of God for us. And this will come to pass upon your life. Now, I, I can boldly say that because I'm seeing these high schoolers that eventually became college students, that eventually got married and having children and opened their business. In this church, I saw with my very bare eyes that from borrowers, borrowers, borrowers to lenders, I'm seeing them becoming, turning their lives from borrowers to lenders. This is for all of us. This is all for the children of God. We are called to land, to invest. Now, what is the key of this treasury? What is the key of this treasure? Matthew chapter 16, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys it. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Alright. So what the Lord is trying to tell us. Is that we should place our values on the things of heaven. I was talking with my wife. We're talking about a person that did not give proper attention to uh, his family. And because of that, uh, his family is just like uh, going through his own fingers. Like the whole marriage, uh, parenting is going through his own fingers. And my wife was wondering, why does this happen? I said, it's because he does not value the, the, the family. He does not put value. He does not put his heart 
on that thing. There, and the consequence of this is that because there is no value, there is no heart. Because there is no entreasurement, there is no uh, prize consideration. So this, it's going through his own finger. It is true about everything. So the Lord is encouraging us to put value on the things of heaven. When we do that, we put our treasure on the things of the kingdom of God, our hearts will follow it. And it's sad, but there are people that tell me, Pastor, all that I have is my house. So you are one of the most miserable person. Because if all that you have and you treasure is your house, rust, moth, and maybe um, bugs may eat it. And your heart will be eaten by all this. You're going to go away. Things that belongs to this world will all pass away. The only things that endure forever is things that we place, deposit in heaven. All right. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus continues saying, For the Gentiles, verse 32, seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. A principle that I want to teach you guys is that one thing is to be rich. Another thing is to be prosperous. The Lord wants us to be prosperous. And I know many people who have stuff, but they continuously look and seek for what we prosperous people have. Which is joy at the dinner table with all our kids. It is sleep enough to lay in our beds and close our eyes and wake up in another day only. They, are, they have the best mattress. They have the best menu. But they don't have hunger to eat that banquet. Why? Because they lay their hearts on the things of this earth. But we, children of God, we that seek the kingdom of God first, we experience what the kingdom of God is all about. Romans chapter 14. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, housing, driving, but it's a matter of righteousness. It's a matter of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is true riches. So prosperity is righteousness. Is the sense that I'm good and stand before God. Uh, uh, prosperity is to know that when I pray, my Father listens to my cry. Prosperity is to know that what I don't have control, my sovereign God is still in control. Prosperity is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So don't think that we will enjoy that prosperity only heaven. This is for us now. And I know it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that this is for us now. But one day, the disciples was wondering the same thing. They say, Jesus, we are walking with you. And is that worth? Like, is that a better investment for us now? 
Is there anything better that we could spend our lives, energy, youth, intelligence, creativity than the kingdom of God? Maybe I'm not harvesting. Maybe I'm not going to get all that I'm sowing here. Mark chapter 10 verse 28. Peter honestly asked Jesus, See, we have left everything and follow you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive, wow, a hundredfold now. Repeat with me now. Come on, guys. A hundredfold, a hundred percent profit. Now, somebody is going to say, but this is only an allegory, Pastor. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, that might be true regarding people. I had only one mother, but after I made the kingdom of God first, I have dozens of mothers in this church. Yeah, I had uh, three siblings, three brothers. But now that I made the kingdom of God... First, I receive many brothers. But I don't believe that lands is an allegory. I believe lands is literal. And I believe that the Lord has many lands for us to conquer, including 7800 College Parkway. And I believe the Lord has this literal for us, not in the time of when He's returning. I believe this is for now for us, for now. Praise God, Jesus didn't say wives because I just want one wife and one wife that is a hundredfold better. And definitely I can say every year is better. It is true. Every year she is better. A hundredfold. Verse 30. Not receive a hundredfold now in this time. And in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, and mothers, and children, lands with persecutions. And in the age to come eternal life. Now, it's so weird that the world has, uh, has just vanity. They have nothing to chase after because nothing can fill the hole that only God can fill. Yesterday, preparing the message, I came with this uh, um, website speaking on this credit card that is extremely selective. You probably heard about it, some of you guys. Just to have the card, you have to have a special invitation from someone highly recommended, and you have to be known as an extreme spender. You cannot spend less than $250,000 per year in order to be pre-qualified for this credit card. But there's more. You're going to pay $10,000 initial fee, no return, and every year we're going to pay $5,000 as credit card fee. And the guy that was speaking about, I quote his words, he says, I love to have this card because give me a certain level of his status. That's it. That's the only reason he wants to have the credit card. Just to give him a certain level of his status. There's no better investment than the kingdom of God. But the secret is to sow in the kingdom for the sake of the gospel. You never lose when we give to Jesus in his gospel. 
Never. That is the safest investment. The goal is the gospel, the message. I can confidently say that if you sow for the spread of the gospel, you will receive a hundredfold now in this time. And again, this is not my promise to you. This is Jesus' promises for us. And I am experiencing this personally. When you sow for the spreading of the gospel, when we sacrifice our house to receive a life group, when brothers and sisters decide to spend, to invest their time to lead a small group, when they decided to sometimes even sacrifice rightfully time with the family to be with other brothers and sisters, they receive in this life, in this time now, Mothers, fathers, children, lands, whatever you need, Jesus will supply you because you are investing in the message. Yeah, I know the text also talks about troubles and tribulations. Let's be honest. When you prosper so much the way you're going to prosper in 2022, people are going to slander about you. People are going to badmouth you. People in family might not understand, and they're going to say, there's some sort of scam there. I'm saying this, guys. Look, be very honest to you guys. I went to the deepest of the valleys when, in 2016, my little one went to heaven. And hundreds, maybe thousands of people cried with us. Because the Bible says you should cry with those who cry. Say amen. But the Bible also in the same verse says that we should have joy with those that are joyful. And until now, only a handful of people really joy, enjoy and celebrated that we were able to be the first Vine Church to buy a property in the United States. Say, why, Pastor? Why? Because when you prosper the way the Lord wants you to prosper, you're going to have trouble, my friend. You're going to have tribulation. Jealousy, comparison. And we live in a generation with people do that. They put themselves as the standard of everything that happens in the world. Why? Because their belly button is the center of the universe. And now everything should surround in orbit about them and their needs and their circumstances. So troubles come because you will prosper so much. Again, the question still remains. What is the key to open the good treasury? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the key. The key is to know the grace. Know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty, I become rich, overflowing, abounding, multiplying, spilling over. That's what the Lord wants for us. But the key for the good treasury is ginosko, the grace of God. The original word means you learn to know. Now, let me explain this. To learn to know as a teacher is one of the hardest endeavor a teacher have when they have students. Look what I'm saying. 
To teach to know is super hard. Let me explain this. We were renovating Vine Christian Academy, and I'm counting with volunteers. So I was teaching someone to change the air filter. It's a matter of the right size, the right feeding, and the air return. I didn't say that. I just show how to do it. So because it is very hard to learn to know that shouldn't only paid attention on the size. So he was looking around the place for vents, not the return, that fit the air filter. Yes, he tried to install the air filter in the vent, not in the air return. And some of you guys are wondering what that even means, Pastor. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But the guy's handy in the church is just like getting the joke. Why? Because it's, it's not easy to gnosko something, to learn something. But the grace of God, when you gnosko, when you learn to know, when you have this teachable heart to always grow into grace, you have access to the riches that Christ Paid the highest price to give us. It is very clear. The text in 2 Corinthians again, verse uh, chapter 8 again, says that we will have riches. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you, by his poverty... Might become rich. Now, Second Corinthians, Paul is still talking about this seed and bread. He makes a quotation in Isaiah that I told you, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. I want to uh, close my message saying that the Lord will not gonna only supply you, but overflow you because you're gonna have access. Like Deuteronomy says, of the hidden treasures. You're going to have the excess of the hidden treasures. Let me read this with you guys. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. I'm reading the New Living Translation. And I will give you treasures hidden in darkness. Secret riches. I'll do this. So you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. One of the, uh, a secret to success of many businesses is to discover a solution to a problem. So think about a product or a service that you bought or used. You pay the price because that resolved a problem. It gave you a solution to an issue, a trouble you were facing. In the beginning of the 19th century, farmers in the United States will pay a lot of money for companies to dig around their land to find oil in their lands. Because that oil was for no use at all. They, if there was oil or tart in their lands, they would not buy the land or they were going to have any price at all. 
But in the very same century, at the end of the 19th century, we know what happened. Oil became the fuel of the explosion of the Industrial Revolution plus automobile. And now everybody wanted a land with a small portion of oil. There was a hidden treasure. A hidden treasure that only those that could have that blessings of God to find the right niche, the, the right portion of the market could be blessed. There is an exchange of riches in the world from time to time. In those moments, there are secret opportunities that can prosper you greatly. Something in your surroundings right now that people are not valuing, that people are not paying attention, may be extremely valuable in the next few years. We're planning that 2022, we're going to be a reference, an exponent into business professional network. So I'm, I'm talking with Pastor John and other businessmen in the church. Uh, so we're going to promote some seminars and training because I want you to prosper. I want you to enter in the reality of 2 Corinthians and Deuteronomy chapter 28. That blessing is for us, overflowing, spilling over, abounding, enough for you to greatly bless others. Now think about what I just said, that if you could find that secret niche, that secret solution, that hidden treasure, that is hidden, nobody's paying attention, nobody's valuing right now, but if you knew the solution of something right now in the market, how much could you prosper? How much could you have on that thing? Now when I was thinking on that, and I was wondering, what is the universal problem ever? The most greatest of all problems is in hunger, health, world peace. What is the ultimate problem of humanity? It's sin. Sin is the problem. Sin is the reason for addiction, divorce, depression, hatred, hopelessness. And that's why the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Because we have the solution. And the best thing is that we don't sell it, the solution. It is free. It is free for everyone who believes. The gospel is the solution. The only thing we need are venues, places, houses, more life groups, more schools to preach the gospel. We need more buildings to preach the gospel. Because the gospel is the ultimate product. And the best part is there is no price to pay. I'm invited to stand up this morning as we pray. And maybe whoever is watching us or maybe you are visiting us, wondering if you could buy this solution for your sins. If you could have access to this product. I can tell you, yes, you can. You can receive right now this amazing solution 
for your marriage, for your identity, for your depression. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. As the only one that can save you completely, restore you completely. Divine Church, let's pray together. Close your eyes. Repeat it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. Today, I receive salvation by faith through grace. You say you are enough. Jesus Christ, I call you my Savior. I call you my Lord. In your name I pray. Let's celebrate together, Vine Church. Come on, somebody. Yes. Now, in the same spirit of prayer and in the same attitude, uh, as we are closing this series, in the same way we're going to close today. Um, and I, I need to explain to you why, why the series, why the series of legacy, why uh, the subject of finances. Now, we are in the campaign of paying our building. So we bought the building, praise the Lord. We bought the building. The building is our 7800 College Parkway. Is Vines Church. New place. We are celebrating that. We are so rejoicing. Um, January the 9th. You can put this in your calendar. January the 9th. You're going to be the first service there. And I, I want to I bring you there so you can believe together with me for more. Now, some brothers came to me and t told me, Pastor, the, the, the capital campaign, it was in a very specific moment in my life that I could not participate as the Lord has spoken in my heart. Some of you guys came to me honestly and said, Pastor, the Lord placed in my heart, set in my heart an amount to give, but I were not able, I was not able to give. Because of the circumstances in my life. But we want to end the capital campaign today. In other words, not going to talk about it anymore. But we want to give you to, an opportunity to participate. So what we did is pretty simple. Put it on the website for me. So what we did is that in the next few weeks until December the 31st. Okay? Until December the 31st. We're going to go to our website. We're going to click and conquer. And... What we want you to do, just for you responding the Lord's calling, okay? Not under compulsion, not under obligation, but because the Lord had placed that in your heart. You're going to go into the pledges we offer you. Because you know what the Lord has set in your heart. It's not me. This is not my problem. This is you and the Lord. So if you go and buy tickets, click it over there. Instead of paying anything right now, you're not going to pay anything. But you're going to get one of the pledges. And by February 2022, you're going to honor your pledge. Say amen. Some of families wanted to participate. And they said, Pastor, I wasn't able right now. But I, I know the Lord spoke to me. Spoke with our families. But we were not able to. All right. So we don't want to keep this campaign forever. Like I'm saying, we're going to have another campaign. I just want to prepare you in September 2022. You're probably going to tell me, Pastor, 
we need a new capital campaign. After you are in the building with me there, you're probably going to come to me and say, Pastor, we need to raise funds because there's this and that and that to be rebuilt, renewed. And I'll say, wait September 2022. Amen. Look, guys, we are a family, okay? We, we don't have any, any hard feelings to explain this. So you're going to pledge your, like what the Lord has placed in your heart. You're going to receive an email that reminds you about that pledge. And by February, by the end of February 2022, you're going to be able to fulfill that pledge. Amen? Praise the Lord. How are we going to respond to this message? How are we going to respond to these amazing promises in 2 Corinthians? In Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to respond like Paul said. We're going to get the seed that we had received. The seed that the Lord gave us. He who supplies seed to the sower. How many sowers we have in the house? And bread for food will supply and multiply and abound and overflow upon you his seeds his riches the good treasure the good treasury will be open upon you heavens will be open upon you why because you know you had received by grace so you can freely give to them.